Welcome to the Untold Motherhood Podcast, a space where women can share their raw stories and experiences about becoming a mother. No filter, no fear, no judgment. Hello, friends. One of the best feelings one can experience of being seen and understood. Becoming a mother can often make you feel like you're alone while facing challenges that you have never had to before. My guest today has created a community celebrating motherhood and the chaos that comes with it by sprinkling some humor to the problems we face as mothers. I have here Tara Clark, an amazing mompreneur, author, and content creator. Tara is the mastermind behind the popular Instagram account, Mother Mom Props. Her book, also called Modern Mom Props, a survival guide for 21st century mothers, is a great read about everyday struggles of parenthood, from navigating information overload, finding mom friends, to navigating playground geopolitics. Tara has been referred to as the voice of a generation of modern moms. We are so honored to have her here today. Tara, welcome to the Untold Motherhood Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. So I have to say that I love your Instagram. I totally you. love you. <laughs> I love the content that you share because it's so authentic. And, you know, it's one of those uh, pages that I look forward to, to help me feel, you know, fulfilled. And I have found in your, in your content that I'm able to feel seen. And I feel a sense of belonging. I don't feel so alone, right, in my motherhood journey. Um, can you share a little bit about how did Modern Mom Props came about? Yeah, absolutely. So for one, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. I really, really appreciate it. And two, the whole point of why I even started Modern Mom Props is for exactly what you just said, so that other moms can feel like they're not alone. So I'm glad that the message and that feeling and the sentiment is getting across. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. So I started Modern Mom Probs in 2017 when my son was three and I was looking for an outlet, something creative. And at that point, Instagram was really just sort of taking off. And I had an idea and I said to my friends and family, I'm going to start an Instagram account about parenting. And they were like, what? What are you talking about? Like, that's not anything that people were really doing so much back then. And when I started, actually, technically, let me backtrack. That was 2016 when I, when I started that. So I did that in 2016. Everyone's was like, what are you talking about? And so I did, I launched this account and, um, it was under a different name. It was called NYC Mom Probs because I was living in New York City and the problems that you have in New York City is different from some other places in the country and in the world. So then we moved out of the New York City and we moved to the suburbs. And that's when I changed the name to Modern Mom Probs in 2017. And then the account just took off from there. But I really was looking for a way to connect with other moms to have a laugh and to either, you know, share some great information and and like I said, to to have a laugh. And I never in my wildest imagination could have imagined that it would have grown to the way that it has now where, you know, like you said, like I have a book and like all different things that have come through this. And like the account itself has also like evolved because where it really started out just being like solely a funny meme page, it has transitioned to being so much more than that. I like to talk about, you know, difficult 
taboo subjects and hard conversations. And so we tackle those things. And like I said, it's a community where women can come together and be honest and share their experiences and realize that they're not alone and hopefully get some inspiration along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, when we are about to become moms, um, we prepare, we're taught, right, by mainstream media to prepare a lot about ourselves by, to become others by uh, getting ready the nursery for the baby, Mm -hmm. getting like all these materials, diapers, wipes, right? Mm -hmm. And, but we're not really taught about that metamorphosis, right, that we are about to go through. And for me personally, once I gave birth, I thought I was super prepared. And once mm-hmm. I gave birth, I encountered postpartum. Mm-hmm. And nothing, there was no book, there was no class that prepared me for, you know, for, for, for that, for the person that I have become mm-hmm. and, um, and just postpartum in general. And so can you share a little bit about perhaps your journey in the early days of motherhood? Um, and, you know, bring us to how, you know, your your book came about, Modern Mom Props, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Moms, mm-hmm. uh, which is so helpful. Um, so, yeah, if you can share a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So you're 100% right. You know, we think about like, oh, we got to get the right baby food. Well, not baby food when the baby's first born, but we got to get the right uh, diapers and wipes and, and swaddle cloths and all of these things, right? But... We don't know what we don't know at that point. And we don't know that our bodies change, our brain changes after we have a baby, after we give birth. Once we get that baby in our house and in our home, we don't know how we're going to act as mothers immediately, right? Like we don't know, like, are we going to attach right away with our baby? Is it going to take us a couple of days, a couple of weeks? However, depending on, you know, people's experiences and I could never have imagined the anxiety that I felt when my son was born. It was just like pure anxiety all the time. And I was like, is this normal? Is this motherhood? Is that what motherhood is just nothing but worrying about the BPA in bottles? And is he latching? And is he getting enough? And is he not getting enough? And is he sleeping okay? And is he sleeping on his back? And blah, blah, blah. All those things that go into it. It's like, I wish at that point someone would have said all of that anxiety is not normal. That is uh, postpartum anxiety. Some people have suffer from postpartum depression. I suffered from postpartum anxiety. And only until years later, when we started having these conversations and when I started doing the work that I do, did I realize like, no, that's actually not the case for everyone. That you're not up all night, you know, thinking about, oh, this disastrous thing could happen. and That disastrous thing can happen. And so I think it's very important that we speak about maternal mental health and that we speak about sometimes our thoughts uh, can be invasive and that maybe if we need to seek out help, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing to be ashamed about, but it's really important to identify those thoughts and to get the help that we need. Yeah, absolutely. And something very key that you mentioned is coming coming across um, you know, the unexpected anxiety um, of motherhood. And, and you know, a lot of the content you share is like demystifying these feelings. Mm-hmm. And 
um, how it, when as I as I was saying earlier, you know, to to the audience, a lot of the content sprinkles that humor that mm -hmm. that comes to that about motherhood, mm -hmm. um, but with humor comes a lot of truth, right? So, why did you take the approach of humor? over kind of like, you know, a lot of other op options that you could have of more like informational. That's a great question. Yeah, that, that's a great question. It, it's, it's definitely that I started with the humor and like I said, sort of the information and then the inspiration evolved over time in the last five years or so. But I find it for me safer to lean into humor than it is sometimes for me to be vulnerable and really share my story about things. I mean, it took me years and I mean years and years to even be able to share that I had a miscarriage or that I had infertility. And so it's easier to joke about certain things sometimes than it is to really peel back those layers and be really vulnerable about things that have happened to you personally, right? And so even now, sometimes you know, sometimes I say like, okay, well, let me make a joke about X, Y, and Z versus, um, you know, talking about something else that might be personally harder for me to, to talk about. But in both of those scenarios, whether it's humor or whether it's those true real life stories, people feel seen. Because if you're having a laugh about that and you go, oh, that's relatable. That happens to me. Let me laugh about that. And so you feel seen there. But when then when you're telling the story about infertility or pregnancy loss or anything like that, then people who have experienced that also say, I feel seen. So there is vulnerability on both sides of it, both humor and more serious things. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think also there's an aspect that we have been told to... <clears throat> take our journeys so seriously, right? Mm -hmm. And as women, we have this kind of like a batch of, <clears throat> sorry, I am sick. So I'm trying to, to catch my voice here. Um, but we have this batch of where we, or um, especially as mothers, right? We become these role models for society. Mm -hmm. We are responsible for, the behavior of our children. Um, what are some of the challenges that you believe our generation of mothers face that our mothers and past generations perhaps did not face? And would you say that we're having to reinvent the wheel when it comes to motherhood? Ooh, those are all good questions. I feel like I could dissect so many of those questions that I jump into it. But uh, certain things that I think affect our generation versus other generations one um, is a village, an in-person village, right? And so many women now, especially after the pandemic, but even before I used to, even before the pandemic, I would speak about this, is that we no longer have that in-person village that previous generations have. That whether, you know, maybe the grandma and grandpa lived in a house with you, maybe aunties lived in a house with you, uh, you could go to your neighbor and ask for a cup of milk or sugar or something like that. The children all played outside uh, together um, in the playground or on the street. And so a lot of those things have shifted now and you don't necessarily see that all the time. And so modern moms lack that in-person village. So where have we found a village? We found a village online. We found a village in communities like Modern Mom Probs in other platforms online, on Instagram, on Facebook, listening to podcasts like yours. So 
people are now just seeking that information and that comfort and that solace from other places. And like I said, those happen to be online now. So that's one thing. Keeping with that is also loneliness. Loneliness is a really big problem for modern mothers. I know that when my son was little, very small, I was lonely because you're home all day with him by yourself. And you're not talking to any other adults unless you call somebody on the phone, but you're usually not because you're taking care of the baby, right? And so there is something very lonely about new motherhood unless you really seek out making friends outside. You go for walks together in the strollers, the playground, things like that. But the pandemic really put a big shift in that as well, unfortunately, because I know so many people who said, you know, I, I had a baby. I wanted to make friends at the playground. We were there trying to make friends at the playground and nobody would talk to each other, right? Because you don't know them. You're not going to just start talking to somebody in the middle of a pandemic. And so that unfortunately exacerbated the problem of loneliness. So that's another one. Now, as far as like aging up. Another issue I think for modern moms is screen time for older children, right? That's a big thing that our parents didn't have to deal with. I mean, at least with my mom, like she just let me watch TV all day. Totally true story. When I was a little kid, Nickelodeon had just like come out and you know, like there was Sesame Street too. And she used to put me in front of Nickelodeon and she thought she was supposed to, because she thought that like, well, it's kids TV. So like, I'm supposed to put her in front of this show all day or channel all day. And she did. And so I sat there and watched it. Of course I would. What else would I do? Right. My mom put me down in front of the television and she thought that was the right thing to do because she thought that's what being a good mom was, is putting your child in front of children's television. So obviously times have changed, but, <laughs> and, and now, you know, we try to limit screen time when we can, because we're more uh, in tune with that sort of thing. But definitely I think screen time is a modern mom problem that wasn't, um, you know, quite a concern in previous generations. So I feel like I tackled a lot of different topics yeah. in there. <laughs> I hope I answered all your questions. Yeah. Because, you know, that makes me think about um, something that you share in your book, which is information overload, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so as moms, you know, especially, you know, for people like me, like I'm a new mom, we think about, you know, we have this idea before, like, while we're pregnant, right? Like, I'm going to be this kind of mom, you mm -hmm. know, like my baby is never going to watch TV or, or like, you know, um, we, we have certain, certain vision. Yes. But then motherhood strikes <clears throat> and, um, and, you know, and you have to adapt to your situation. Yes. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, you know, like there, there's so much, uh, because as you mentioned, we have the internet to refer to, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't have, you know, and, and also because, um, you know, I have my mom that I can call and ask her questions, but perhaps I want to change certain things that my mom didn't do or did oh, yes. do. Yes. Things were right? different back then too, right? You know, they'll say like, oh no, you know, have the baby sleep in your bed or have the baby sleep on your chest or different things that now they, the doctors are like, no, 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 you can't do that kind of stuff. So a lot of the stuff that was totally normal and accepted when our parents had us, it, you know, it has definitely changed over the last 30 years or so. Exactly. And so with that, you know, can you share a little bit of your take on information overload and, you know, how you approach it, you know, in your book and when you talk mm -hmm. to other moms? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So 
in the book, I talk about Dr. Google and I'm like, Google is not a doctor. Google does provide information, but everything really should be vetted um, by your pediatrician or your um, uh, medical practitioner. Uh, Google is not a good idea when it's three o'clock in the morning and you're trying to figure out, you know, different things like that. And then you go down this like spiral of anxiety, it goes back to the anxiety, right? Where it creates so much anxiety from all of this information. Well, this source said this, and this said that, and this said this, and what's right, and what's wrong, and let me read the comments on this thing, and let me get the reviews on that thing. And then it just becomes so overwhelming because how can we as mothers and as parents read through all of that information, right? That's another total modern mom problem because our mothers may have had like one book about parenting, right? Not like a thousand books about parenting plus the internet and all of that kind of stuff. So um, it is definitely challenging to weed through all of that. But my recommendation, and now as a veteran parent and someone who works in the parenting space, I say, really, let so much of it go. The anxiety that you feel about breastfeeding, organic food, making your own homemade food purees and all of those different things that as new mothers, we are obsessed with. I know because I was obsessed with it 10 years ago. I was like, I got to do this and I have to do that. And that affects the health of my baby and this and that. And then guess what? They almost all grow up and then end up eating like chicken nuggets and french fries (laughs) all the time. And like, you don't think that's going to happen. And it does, it does happen. And that's not to say like, they don't still eat vegetables and they eat broccoli and carrots and all of that kind of stuff. But in the long run, it really doesn't matter. So I, my advice that I always give to new mothers is let it go. I know the anxiety that you feel right now because I felt it too. I lived it. I went through it, but you have to let it go because really in the long run, it doesn't matter. The other day I was at the playground with a group of my friends and we all have children of varying ages. So my son is nine. The other mom, her kid was nine. The other mom has uh, four children ranging in age from nine to six months old. And each one of us admitted that our kids co-sleep with us from time to time. And now, of course, this is like co-sleeping, like after the age of one, they're not babies anymore. They're, you know, either toddlers or big children. And it just went, we all went around in a circle and we were like, oh yeah, my kid sleeps with me. Oh yeah. Like we do it on Fridays or, oh yeah, we do it on vacation or, oh yeah, we do it on this. And it was so refreshing to hear so many different moms just be honest about the fact like, oh yeah, my kid doesn't sleep. Oh, I haven't slept in 10 years. Oh, I haven't slept in five years. You know, like all of those different things. And people just think like, oh yeah, you know, every kid goes into their crib and sleeps all night. Every kid goes into their bed and sleeps all night. And like, honestly, it's not the fact. And that's not the, you know, necessarily the truth. Of course, the majority of time, yes, they are sleeping in their crib. They are sleeping in their bed. But I just thought it was so interesting that all of these moms were like, oh, yeah, that happens sometimes. And we're all like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, I can identify with that because when I uh, before the baby, my baby was born, I was like, no, my baby's going to sleep in his crib at all Mm -hmm. times. As soon as he's born, like, no. Mm -hmm. And my baby sleeps in my bed every other night because he doesn't stay in the bed. Uh, when he was very young, he had really bad acid reflux. Mm-hmm. So we had to literally take turns, my husband and I, because he had to sleep on the bobby pillow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like freaked out because I was like, if he 
you know, um, <clears throat> asphyxiates himself, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. laying on this pillow, like we cannot go to sleep. So one person has to stay up and we will like take trips. Yep. And that's totally not how I envision, you know, <laughs> motherhood and my baby, right? Yes. So you're a better mom, as you share. What is something that you think that um, looking in hindsight that you will tell new moms and better moms, you know, to kind of like embrace more of mm -hmm. or kind of like just give it up? You know what? Yep. This is yep. one thing that we'll do. Just give it up and embrace more of this. Yes. So my, my two bits of advice, one, like I said earlier, just let it go. I know you're anxious. I know it. I was there. I understand. I came out the other side. You will also come out of it the other side. So give yourself grace, give yourself grace and let a lot of that stress and anxiety go. Just take a deep breath and know that it's going to be okay. And that you're a great mother and just let that go. My other bit of advice is take more pictures of you with the children together. Because so many times we're taking pictures of the baby or you're taking pictures of like your partner with the baby and this and that. And like, you're never in any of the photos. Get in the photos, take a selfie, take, you know, set the camera up on a tripod or something like that. Take the pictures, be in the pictures, because when you look back at them, you're going to say, oh my gosh, remember when he was so little? And then it happens, you know, fast. And I look back at pictures now, one, I'm not in any of them because I was always taking them. And two the kids get so big so quickly. And so that's my advice. So my advice is get in the photos and let the stress go. I know that sounds crazy. And like moms that are in the trenches right now, are like, that's not helpful. It doesn't matter. But I understand that because like I said, I was there and I was just as anxious as the next person as anybody else was. And then you know that that is just a season of your life. And luckily, everyone grows up and, <laughs> and then they sleep through the night and then they don't have tantrums anymore. And, and then things sort of chill out. Yeah. I, you know, that the taking the pictures with the baby <clears throat> speaks very true to me. And I think I actually saw that in one of your posts and mm -hmm. it kind of started to stick with me mm -hmm. because I, I'm guilty of that. I, not necessarily because I forgot to take the pictures or, or I was taking the picture, but because I'm not at my previous baby way. Yes. My body yes. changed and, you know, and it's hard for me to find the time to, to work out, to eat healthy and all these kind of things that I know I need to do, but I need the time. Right. And, but mm -hmm. I also like that in-person village, village mm -hmm. to help me. Right. So I like look at the pictures and I'm like, well, you know, I'll take it when I get to my ideal way. I'll take it when I get my body back. And it wasn't until I kept seeing that message on, you know, online. Mm -hmm. And luckily, you know, people like you are putting this, this message out there that is finally, you know, mm -hmm. starting to ingrain in our minds. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, that, that makes me think about, you know, the expectations that society puts on us as mothers, mm -hmm. you know, um, as you may have seen too, like recently, the whole debacle with like Kim Kardashian, mm -hmm. you know, telling moms like, hey, you know, like if you want to 
and you're a, a, a mompreneur yourself. So mm -hmm. like, she's, you know, if, if people have not heard, but she was sharing, uh, you know, on an interview that, you know, women should get up and work and like, nobody's going to, you know, to come and do the work for you. And like, that's what you need to do if you want to succeed. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit of your take on that? Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. First of all, I, I can hardly even believe that those words came out of her mouth. Although I do believe it, but also like, what was she thinking? Like, what are you thinking saying stuff like that? What is wrong with you, Kim? Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Okay. For starters, Kim Kardashian. Yes. She said, you know, if, if women want to be successful, they need to get off their asses and work. That's what they said. She said, right. So first of all, I have never met in my entire life, a lazy woman ever, not once, not once ever. I have never met a lazy woman. Every woman I know works their butt off. Every single one. Moms, before they become moms, grandmothers, small children, women are not lazy. So I'm shocked that she said something like that. Okay, so fine. So then two, the other thing about her is that she has all the childcare in the world. Each of her children has their own dedicated nanny, right? So she has four nannies for her four children. And obviously she has a chauffeur and a chef and a trainer and all of those things that you get when you're a billionaire. And so that frees up her time to work on the projects that she wants to work on, whether that's law school, whether it's her fashion line, whether it's her relationship with Pete Davidson, whatever it happens to be, right? She has time to be able to do those things because she has adequate childcare and all of her other domestic labor tasks covered. So I think it was very tone deaf of her to say that. And like I said, I've never met a lazy woman in my entire life ever. <laughs> so I'm shocked that like, uh, I mean, maybe in her world she does. And so maybe in her world, you know, there are people that need to get up off her butt. I mean, maybe her and her sisters, I don't know. But um, no, I, I think it's really, <laughs> I think it's really different because like I said, she has all of her domestic load covered. Whereas for the average person like us, we have to work and take care of the domestic load, right? Many times. Um, and that's, that's a challenge. That's a, a real challenge for um, both mothers who work from home, mothers who work at an office or at a school, moms who stay home with their children, all of those things. All moms work, period. Every mother works. I've never met a lazy woman in my life. And so that's my, my two cents on that one. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. Um, <clears throat> with that, you know, it brings me to a thought. Uh, we're almost at time, but um, it brings me to the thought of... Um, the message right as we are part of a generation of modern moms with modern problems mm -hmm. as you um as you have touched base on 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 your message and your work what is the message that what do you think is the message that <clears throat> we are trying to convey to society and other moms and what is the message that we are trying to pass on to our children I want to close with that. That's beautiful. Um, I believe two, three main things. One, inclusivity. Just because my experience as a mother may be different from your experience, may be different from someone else's experience, doesn't make it less than. 
makes it different, but not less than. So it's important that we are inclusive of all mothers. It's important that we are respectful of mothers and that we support each other as a community and that we respect our experiences may be different and our journeys may be different, but at least you know that you're not alone in your experiences. So that's a really big thing. Something else that, that my son learns in school and so much of their curriculum is based off of is something called eye care. And they, they hold up their hands, and I mentioned this in my book, they hold up their hands and they say, I-C-A-R-E. It's for integrity, caring, attitude, respect, and empathy. And everything they do in school are based on those five things. And so I take that also for my own work and for my work as a mother with my son. And sometimes I say to him, are you practicing eye care? Because I feel like that statement or the way that you acted there, your behavior was not showing eye care. And so everything that we do is either showing integrity, caring, respect, attitude, and empathy. And so I think that that is such a beautiful basis for just being a really well-rounded person. And that is my hope for, for everyone else is that they could also show eye care. That's really amazing. I, I don't think I have words to follow that beautiful message. I think it's a message that resonates with anyone, whether you're a mother, whether you're an aunt, a grandma. I think it's just a message that really will help us as a humanity to, to give back what the world, you know, a lot of the things that the world really needs right now. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for being here today. I am so thankful and so glad that you came on and spent time with me and our listeners. And so thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Harley. This was a beautiful conversation. Thank you.